Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of Finding My Voice. I have amazing news. This was not supposed to be the topic of today's episode, but uh, I do have to mention it. My official name change came through today. I am officially Alvild Katarina Jansdotter. And the last time I will not say out loud loud here. If you know me, you know me. But this is amazing. Finally, it's official. My dead name can be scrubbed from everywhere now. I can get a new passport, new driver's license. The bank's going to take about a week to update. But yes, it feels really, really good. So, uh, onwards with the episode. Uh, I am going to address the hormone thing. A friend asked me to talk about uh, not just hormones, um, because I am on HRT, hormone replacement therapy, uh, but also a parallel on um, um, my character that I'm playing on the same friend's uh, campaign. Well, she's a player of the campaign. You know what I mean. Um, so, all right, let's start out with... Um, what hormone replacement therapy has done to me so far. It's about 15 month, months now, and since you start on a low dosage and incrementally go up in dosage, um, it means it's gonna take a while before you see any proper effects. But I think the last like three months, my my dosage has been spot on, and like four or five months before that, it was okay-ish. Um, the first thing I noticed was even before I got into the good range, uh, my nipples got really sensitive, which is something I was prepared for. I just wasn't prepared for it being like superhero level sensitive. Like like I could feel the wind through a wall. Not really, but you know what I mean. It's, like, it's just ridiculously sensitive. But that was just temporary. That was while um, the mammary glands were waking up. Um, so, But that was really exciting. And um, after that, the first thing I noticed was my skin getting softer. This that's also amazing, and and body hair started thinning out and um, and going away. This fantastic, everything's really good about that. Um, of course, there's uh, there's some side effects that some would consider negative, but totally worth it. Such as the loss of strength. Yeah, physical strength. I that that's very noticeable now. Uh, I cannot lift things that are as heavy. My fingers are weak and my wrists are weaker. Opening pickle jars is a real challenge. And um, that's ironic because I've also developed cravings for pickles. Such a cliche, I know, but that's, you know, that's where it is. Um, but it's all fantastic. I just love everything of it. And one of the m most, it's hard to describe things is what happened to the emotions. I was warned that my emotions would get stronger, uh, that a um, commercial on TV would be able to make me cry, and my reaction to that warning was, but that already happens, you know? Um, so what's gonna happen to me if I already cry from commercials? Like, uh, But yeah, it, it is true, um, the hormones, I wouldn't say it made me more emotional. I've always been emotional. Um, remember my in the second episode when I spoke about um, uh, the role-playing experience in Westmark, you know, I cried easily uh, in role-playing, and that's that was before I started hormones. But what, what the hormones have done is kind of like, it's kind of like my emotions, they haven't increased, but they've gone from black and white to color. You know, they're richer. Uh, they're awesome. And some people say the highs are higher and the lows are lower, and that's certainly true. But even the lows are 
I don't know, there's more life. Even the bad emotions have more life in them. I'm just more alive. And I'm sure that's not an estrogen thing. Universally, I'm sure trans men are happier when they, uh, some at least, some trans men are happier on testosterone than estrogen. Um, I'm just going the other way and it's just fantastic for me. Um, so yes, we have the skin, the emotions, the strength, and yes, um, breasts have started growing. Um, they are not uh, a, a very impressive size yet, but they are now uh, impossible to, you know, explain away in other ways. Uh, I do have uh, prosthetic breasts that I use, um, but now the prosthetics and the real ones together are actually a little too big than too big for what I was aiming at. Um, but of course, without the prosthetics, it's too small. Like it's great first world problems to have, isn't it? Okay, so. I've been on hormones for a while and I have seen changes and they have been amazing to observe and share. Uh, there have been some other more intimate changes which I will not talk about openly here. You'll have to get me drunk first. Um, but on to the character. Uh, I made a Dundas and Dragons character which I based on a um, character from The Marvelous Land of Oz, the book. Um, and. I love the character because it's a very clear, at least to me, it's a clear metaphor for trans people. Um, it's the character Tipitarius slash Ozma. I bet uh, not all of you knew that the queen of the land of Oz in the books is trans. Now, if it's a positive trans story or a negative trans story, it depends on how you look at it. There are two interesting ways to interpret this. Uh, Tipitarius starts the book as a boy uh, going out doing good becoming a hero and um, when trying to rescue the princess that has been lost for many years it turns out that the princess was hidden as an infant transformed into a boy and uh, raised without knowledge of it and it was Tip. So Tip finds out that the princess that quote-unquote he was trying to rescue is him slash herself. Uh, and in the end of the book, uh, the 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 white witch refuses to let the um, let the transformation stay because it's false, right? Uh, and Tipitarius um, transitions to Ozma and becomes uh, princess slash queen of Oz. And whether or not this is a positive story depends on how you look at the transition. Um, the negative story is that Tip grew up a boy and was fine with being a boy and is now forced into living as gender that he does not um, identify with. Uh, and he was forced to magically transition back to his birth sex, which is not the one he should have had because the magic helped him in that sense. Um, now that's a very negative way to look at it. And I don't think that makes a story um, that, that's, that's what the story meant, because that, that makes the White Witch really, really nasty and evil. Um, but I, I choose to have the positive spin on it, where, um, where the change is a metaphor for the separation, the uh, incongruence between gender and sex, right? Um, where, te where, where Ozma was transformed as an infant, that metaphorical change happens in the womb for a binary dysphoric trans person such as I. Um, 
so we grow up everyone telling us you're you're a boy and it looks like we are physically and then one once we find out differently we are able to move past that and looking at it that way uh, makes the story very positive for Asma um, because the transition gives her the right body and uh, it does seem that that's accurate the accurate interpretation because Asma is happier afterwards um, not having fully understood uh, who she was she is nervous right after the change but uh, that does settle quite quickly so yes I'm happy with going with the positive interpretation and that's where I went with the D&D character um, it's kind of the same story but yeah it's obviously not the same story around it it's just the same backstory for the character who was kidnapped as an infant uh, She's a princess and then transformed, raised without knowing it, and and then escaped from the witch, just like Tip did, um, and wanted to become a hero. Now, uh, I played her, I'm going to say her even before the change, because uh, in, like, meta, I always knew who the character was. I just started off playing her before the knowledge. She was an egg in... Um, in uh, trans terminology, someone who has not yet realized who she is. Right. Um, and she grew up reading only storybooks, you know, because I like the whole idea of, you know, I took it from an Oz book, so yes. And it's kind of cute because she's, she kind of looks at the world as if it was a fairy tale. And we found together the game master and the story that evolved, uh, the perp, like it gave her kind of a purpose because there's a lot of corruption in royalty. But she's unaffected by this because she didn't grow up royal. And she grew up with fairy tales, which might not be a true reflection of the world, but they show us where we could be. She's overly positive and enthusiastic, but that just means that she's able to believe in the good changes. Uh, that's at least where we are now. Well, that, that, that's not exactly where we are right now. Uh, because right now in the game something kind of tragic has happened so um, I guess we're gonna go into a um, I'm gonna end this episode with a sad sonnet so I might have to prepare you for that but yes um, the character of Septimer that turned out to always have been Princess Eleanor all along using the name Sapphire given by her friend on the road to just you know be undercover I'm having so much fun with this character, by the way, uh, because she's so like it's 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 my happiest character. She's just so enthusiastic and bubbly, and even like even before and after the change, um, the transition, as you will, if you will. Um, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a picture on my blog. So if you if you read my blog, queencaddis.com, you will be able to see that picture as well. The picture is of. Um, uh, of uh, of Sapphire just having uh, broken the curse without knowing what it would do and just realizing that she's actually the uh, princess and next to her is another character named Kirith, an elf who is her friend and they're all quite shocked about the change. It's, it's a funny picture, it's cute. Um, but yes, lately, uh, the, in the last session, um, one character in the party had a tragic death uh, and he was, he's been, that character has been in, from the beginning, he saw 
uh, Sapphire's change. He actually, he was a good person. His name was Harding. Uh, but he had a hard time accepting and real and, and, and getting past because he was friends with, with Septimer and he had um, some growing to do in realizing that, all right, something about my friend was different, which was a cool thing because that happens in real life too. And in, towards the end, he did get past it and like, fine, we're friends. We are, you're the same friend. And that's, that was just a lovely, lovely story. Um, and he was on his own quest to, uh, well, not really a quest. He had a tragic backstory where um, he had to leave the love of his life because a baron wanted her. And uh, he was very aggressive and endangered everyone if he couldn't get what he wanted. And he thought he did the right thing by leaving and making sure everyone was safe because he was making the baron angry by his presence. Of course, he left her with someone she didn't want. And that's not right, but he didn't quite see it that way. Um, he, was, uh, he, he always helped people in need, protected the party. And he was against, almost of the time, he was against killing the bad guys, just giving them a chance to redeem themselves and making something good of their lives. And he was not driven by greed. He was not interested in money. So Harding was the hero that Sapphire thought she wanted to be before she realized she was not a boy at all. So it really, like, her Harding's journey really inspired Sapphire and... Um, and she looked up to him a lot. So when he was killed by his nemesis, and his nemesis is still alive, by the way, now he's her nemesis, uh, that was a very strong and very tragic moment. And because it's D&D, it's always possible to resurrect people uh, if you do it quickly enough. We probably won't be able to because of the circumstances. Uh, we probably won't be able to get a hold of his body, so it looks like he's done for. Um, I, I will get back to you uh, about what happens, but I have written a sonnet from Sapphire's point of view about the death of Harding, because he has died, and if we might just bring him back, well, the sonnet is still valid, because for a time he was dead, even if we do bring him back. Uh, this was very hard on Sapphire, because she did see the world as a fairy tale, uh, and she did see him as the perfect hero of a fairy tale. This has shaken her to her very core. So this sonnet is called To Harding. Of every curse befallen me, the folly of a childish mind, by far the most egregious be, now innocence be left behind. My friend, thy heart was pure and true, protected us and all in need. They let the wicked start anew, a soul of mercy free from greed. No hero ever stood as tall, no champion more due high praise. Instead, I had to watch thee fall, death as reward for angel's grace. Now childhood's over, kind hearts fail, this never was a fairy tale. Yeah, that's, um, wow, sorry. <clears throat> uh, so that was hard on Sapphire. Um, but we'll see. Maybe, maybe a miracle will happen. And um, 
So that was uh, how I relate to my own personal journey with hormones to my character of Sapphire because she went through the physical change as I am slowly doing as well. And I bring that up in play, which is fun because I am using my own experience. Um, can you imagine doing that? Like just you know, going on hormone therapy to <laughs> inform your role playing. Uh, well, no, that's not exactly what I did, but it, it was a great little opportunity to to bring something like that into role play. And um, yes, that was fun. And um, I'm still very giddy about my name change. So this is Alvil Katarina Jonsdotter uh, signing off. I'll see you next time. Goodbye.